0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Milner. Today, we had another special episode, special because it was a Facebook Live that I turned into a podcast, like I did with the Build Your Metabolism episode, which did so well, so I figured, so nice, we had to do it twice. Uh, The feedback was amazing, so I figure we can make this a regular thing, And today's conversation or training was all about how to look better naked. Can't think of a better topic. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. If you do, you should already know what to do about it, which is take a screenshot of the episode, post it to your stories, tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner and enjoy the episode. All right, podcast peeps, what's going on? I've been chatting with the Facebook group for a little bit, so you missed out on some banter, and if you don't want to miss out on future banter in the Facebook group, you got to join us because these trainings, uh, which the Build Your Metabolism episode, which I believe was episode 131, did so well that I decided to make this a regular thing, Um, so this episode is being recorded. It's, It's a Facebook Live in our group, the Personality Diet and Neurotype Training, which you can join for free. And obviously, if you're listening on the podcast, you know that it's a podcast episode. The topic of conversation is how to look better naked. More specifically, we're talking about body recomp, which I believe is one of the most misunderstood and misapplied concepts in fitness. What it boils down to is that we all want to look better naked. Before I talk about that. I want to just say that there is absolutely nothing wrong with having a vanity goal. If you want to look better naked, own it. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. There are people out there that want to tell you that that is an unacceptable goal. And they are projecting their own shit onto you because there's nothing wrong with wanting to look better naked in clothes. It doesn't matter. Your goals are your goals. And if you want to look better naked, there's nothing wrong with that. For those people that say, well, you should just love yourself exactly how you are, they are 100% correct. But those two things are not mutually exclusive. I can love myself exactly how I am. And because I love myself so much that I want to continue to improve, I want to get better, I want to look better, feel better, perform better, whatever it is. So it is actually a form of self-love to pursue your goals, whatever your goals may be. So keep that in mind. If you want to look better naked, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Your goals are your goals. So what does it actually look like? Body recomp or body recomposition, what we're going to cover, what is it, what are the common mistakes that people make when trying to apply body recomp, and then how do we do it effectively? So we're going to kind of cover three different things here. We're going to define body recomposition. We're going to talk about the wrong ways that often um, the way that it's applied incorrectly and then how to do it properly so that you achieve your end goal of looking better naked. Um, So body recomp, what does that look like? A lot of times we'll hear people say they have a goal of getting leaner or getting more toned, more muscle definition, more jacked, whatever your word is to define how you want to look, there's some form of body recomp that needs to happen, which is you have to have some combination of losing body fat and gaining muscle. Now, getting toned A lot of times we think of just getting smaller, but that's not actually the case because if you are just losing weight, but you're not losing body fat, you can end up with a skinny fat appearance, which still won't give you the toned look. So when muscles are toned, basically another way of saying muscle definition, if there's no muscle to show, then you're not going to have the, the look that you want. We all know that person, or maybe we've been that person, where we do a bunch of cardio and we don't lift weights and we don't have any muscle, and then we get smaller, we lose 10, 20, 30 pounds, but we, we're not happy with how our body looks. We're not happy with that, that body composition and our clothes don't fit right, and we still don't like the way that we look without clothes on. That's because we didn't recomp- our body we just lost muscle probably some fat as well but there wasn't enough muscle in the first place to give off that toned or defined appearance that typically is what we're after so even when it comes to getting leaner i think of leaner as you're getting leaner but you also need to have muscles to show so there needs to be some combination of both which is like recomp you're you're changing the composition of your body for the better. So more muscle, less fat. If you already have a lot of muscle, that's great. Then losing body fat will accomplish that goal of looking leaner or more jacked or more defined. Um, it's funny because if you talk to bodybuilders and it, and if you follow their mindset along their prep, they will often feel smaller and they, they don't feel like their muscles are as full They're not filling out their shirts they're not filling out their clothes so they start to get like insecure they feel smaller and then they they fill up they load up they refeed and all of a sudden their muscles fill out and they have the appearance that they're after but the point is that just getting smaller doesn't necessarily accomplish the physical results that you're after so when we talk about recomp we're really talking about a combination of losing fat and building muscle And again, it's important to understand that losing weight doesn't necessarily mean that we're losing body fat. So typically, as we're losing weight, it can come in the form of losing body fat, muscle mass, water. So if we're losing weight and it's not coming from body fat, that's where you'll get that like skinny fat appearance where there's no muscle definition, even though the scale is going down. Sometimes we're not satisfied with the physical appearance. Um, And I can tell you that that was my reality when I was going through my chronic dieting phase, um, which I say phase, (laughs) which was like years, uh, maybe like eight years of chronic dieting. I was getting smaller and smaller and smaller, but my body composition looked a lot worse. So if you think about recomp, recomp is the reason why When I was 160 pounds, I looked a lot worse from a muscle definition standpoint and from a leanness standpoint than I do at 190, which currently I'm probably around 193, 194, somewhere in that range. So I did an in-body scan at 167, I believe. And I was like 9.7%, close to 10% body fat. And then I did a scan at like 186, 187. So like 20 pounds heavier, and scanned at like 8%. So a lot more muscle. I looked leaner, I looked more toned, I looked more defined. That's what we're talking about with recomp, building muscle and losing fat. Now, to understand that, it's, it's misapplied so frequently because, and I'll, I'll tell you the two most common misapplications of body recomp. First is, <laughs> we'll talk about the dirty bulk. So first is like, okay, I lost a lot of weight. Maybe you accomplished that skinny fat look and you're like, crap, I need more muscle. So you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through a bulking phase. Now, I, I know this is a gross generalization but I'm just going to throw it out there because in my experience, anecdotally, this is accurate. Men struggle with this application more so than women, which is and that's not to say that, you know, if, if you're a woman, you don't struggle with this. But this is more something that most men struggle with. It's the dirty bulk. It's like I lost a bunch of weight. I wasn't happy with how I looked. I need more muscle. So now I'm going to go through a bulking phase um, and now there's, there's terms out there like lean bulk, right? I'm just going to lean bulk. What does that even mean? Um, But it's like, I'm going to try and put on this muscle because I got smaller and I didn't like my appearance. And this was my reality. So I'm talking from personal experience when I was like 160 and I felt small and I still didn't see my abs like I wanted to. And I didn't have the muscle definition that I wanted to. I was like, well, shit, I need to put on some muscle. Um, So I started bulking And what what happens with men in particular is that we just start to eat excessively. Like, well, I need to be in a calorie surplus to build muscle, which is true for the most part. And that's something that we're going to cover in a second. But for the most part, we need a calorie surplus to put on muscle. So we start eating. We're like, okay, I just need to eat more food. And then, well, we're like, you know, I'm out with the guys, I want to have some beers, but it's it's bulking season. So I can, I can have pizza and beer and I can have dessert and I'm bulking, right? So we think that all of these extra calories are going to go towards our muscle mass. And then we wake up and we realize that it's going towards our body fat. So um, that is a, a very common misapplication of bulking, building muscle body recomp, which is, We just think that all excess calories are going to go towards building muscle, so we just keep eating and eating and eating well past maintenance, well past a small surplus. Now, something that's very important to remember, and this is probably something that most people don't know, Um, maybe you've heard this before, the increase in a calorie surplus doesn't increase the rate of muscle gain. So if I am in a 250-calorie surplus, 250 calories above maintenance, by eating 1,000 calories above maintenance, I'm not expediting the muscle-building process. I'm not adding more muscle faster. I'm simply adding the same amount of muscle that I would, but also contributing to fat gain. So obviously, that's not the objective. Um, With fat loss, it is, it is a situation where you can increase your calorie deficit to increase the rate of loss. However, we have to be careful because when we get too restrictive, our body's still going to adapt. And so we don't want to rip the Band-Aid off too fast. So that's why a moderate or small deficit can be a benefit. However, just from a you know, scientific standpoint, yes, you can increase the size of your deficit to increase the rate of loss. You can't apply that same logic to building muscle. It doesn't work the same. So what men typically do is forget that principle. And we just keep eating over maintenance. And then we're like, oh, cool, pizza night, wings, beer, sushi, ice cream, all of it's going to go to my muscles because I'm bulking, bro. No, it's not. And that's why I said in the uh, intro post that typically it just contributes to a worse dad bod. Um And that's, that's just one of the things of misapplication of a body recomp goal, which is that when you're bulking, you're adding unwanted body fat happens all the time. And again, the main thing to understand is that you can't expedite the rate of gain when it comes to building muscle. So what ends up happening with a lot of people in that scenario, which was my reality, I did a dirty bulk. I I can remember it very specifically. Um, I I went to the Arnold one year and and like seeing all of these massive individuals, never mind that they were all, you know, juiced up on steroids and everything. However, I saw these massive individuals and I was like, oh my God, this was like right in the midst of, I want to build muscle. And I see these humans that were like, could literally squash me and like just biceps on biceps and boulder shoulders and everything. And I'm like, oh my God it's bulking season. I need to you know, get my shit together. And I just started eating everything. And I remember that whole weekend was like such a shit show. It was like burgers and fries and everything. I'm like, I need my gains. And I got back and I just looked so bad. And it was like, oh my God, I have to lose fat. So I immediately went into an aggressive cut and was like, screw this. I'm not bulking. I'm not adding muscle. I need to be lean again. So misapplication This is transitioning into what most women do incorrectly. And I know that I'm generalizing here, but again, anecdotally, this holds true. Most women never commit to the actual muscle gain process, which is you start to build calories up and then you start to feel a little bit uncomfortable. You see the scale go up a couple pounds and then you immediately cut calories again. I say that this happens with women um, as most of you know, I am—I have a very feminine energy. This was something that I fell into for years, and I'm talking about this exact cycle over and over again. I would be like, "Okay, I want to build muscle. I'm not going to make the same mistake. I'm not going to gain unwanted fat. I'm going to do this slow and steady. I'm going to do this the right way." So I would start building and building, and I would get to that point on the scale where I was like, "You know what? This number is a little too scary for me." I'm just going to cut calories again. I would cut and then I would have the same thought process and I would repeat that cycle over and over again. Start building up, feel like, okay, my clothes are a little bit tight here. The scale is not where I want it. I'm cutting again. And I never fully committed to the actual gaining process of, of gaining muscle and not gaining unwanted body fat, which is very challenging. I actually did a whole episode on my one year Just to give you an idea, of when I finally got over the mindset hurdle, and by the way, I needed a coach to get over that mindset hurdle. I could not do it on my own because I was so subjective with myself, I would always fall back into that tendency of cutting calories. It wasn't until I hired a coach and was like, I need to commit to this, I want this, help me get over that hurdle, a full year. Um, and, and gained a significant amount of muscle. And that's how I ended up being leaner at 190 than I was previously at 180 because I did it the right way. I gained some body fat, some body fat, a minimal amount, which is what the goal is. When you're building muscle, the objective is to, to gain mostly muscle. And as little body fat as possible, some is fine. But what's, what's nice about it is if I can gain, I, I gained about 10 to 12 pounds of weight. And I would say about seven to eight was muscle. So now all I had to do was shed the, you know, maybe three pounds of body fat, which is easy, especially now that I have more muscle, which is more metabolically active. So now I have more muscle, I have a better metabolic output more burning more calories at rest and now i can cut and be leaner at 190 than i was at 180. so um it's important to understand that when you are going through that if you are afraid of building you have to get over that mindset now having said that you actually need to listen to your body as well. So there is a fine line here, because I know some people will allow themselves to gain and just be like, well, I'm supposed to be uncomfortable. I'm supposed to let the scale go up. I'm supposed to be gaining, you know, this amount of weight, excuse me. Nothing like a little sneeze attack in the middle of a podcast slash Facebook live, but what are we going to do? We're going to keep it rolling. Um, so, you know, if you are getting to the point where your calories are getting higher and your clothes aren't fitting right, and the scale's going up, how do you look? Are you noticing muscle gain? This is again why having a coach is really helpful because subjectively you might feel like you're just gaining fat. If it's if it's muscle. Um, a coach will be able to see that better than our subjective eyes. Um, However, if we try to just base it on our own, you know, we might fall into that trap again where we just cut calories. But my point here is that we don't want to take it too far. So um, I've talked to a lot of people who have ended up going through this process of building and building and building. And it's like, no, you're just gaining muscle. You're just gaining muscle. You're just gaining muscle. And then 20 pounds later, they're like, Fifteen pounds of fat, uh, and it's not a good thing. That's not where they want to be. So, I mean, we have to have some kind of of balance and and checks and balances so that we're looking at measurements, we're looking at pictures. I really think that pictures, when you're trying to build muscle, pictures are the most effective way to track because the scale is going to go up, but we don't want it to go up too fast. That's another great way to measure if you are doing this appropriately or not. If the scale is going up. You know, pretty fast. It's it's likely water and fat, um, and that's just the reality because muscle building is such a slow process. You can pretty much tell, like, if you're gaining, and and I'm going to talk about the one exception to this, but if you're gaining pretty quickly, um, it's best to pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, so, that's the other misapplication, which is number one, dirty bulking. Number two is never letting your calories get high enough, and never actually taking the time to build significant muscle so that when you do cut, um, you actually have something to show. That's where you'll be more toned. You'll be leaner. That, it, it really does take an investment in time uh, to go through a proper building phase. Uh, so let's transition into the most effective way to recomp your body. Now, the one exception that I want to talk about is if you're brand new to strength training. That's the, the one exception. If you are new to strength training, um, you will inevitably gain muscle faster, and you don't even need to be in a calorie surplus. So that is the benefit to being a newbie when it comes to lifting weights. If you're brand new to lifting weights, you will see body recomp happen simultaneously, if you do things appropriately. So if you're eating enough protein, if your strength training, if your recovery is solid, you will lose fat and build muscle at the same time, you have a window and it's different for everybody. But you have a window, which is like a lot of people who, who have done CrossFit typically experience this in like their first, you know, six ish months of CrossFit. If they're new and it's like this new stimulus and their body's not used to it, and all of a sudden they're lifting weights for the first time, they're eating better, and their body comp just changes like crazy. And that's building muscle and losing fat at the same time. Newbie gains. It's a beautiful time period and one that we all wish we could recreate, uh, which is that magical period of time when we're brand new to lifting weights. We build muscle. We lose fat. It happens simultaneously. It is extremely rare and difficult for it to happen simultaneously when you are advanced. So anybody that tries to sell you a program that's like, guess what? You can lose fat and build muscle at the same time. It's super simple. They're full of shit. It is very, very difficult. And it takes a long time and a lot of precision. You have to do a lot of things right consistently if you're advanced, if you want to recomp simultaneously. The most effective way to do this is to take things in phases. Now, this is effective for two reasons. One, it's the most practical from a hormonal standpoint and from a lifestyle standpoint. And number two, it actually works with your metabolism. So if you think about the fact that our bodies are adaptation machines, which is to say that if I'm trying to lose body fat, inevitably, whatever I'm doing it's going to run out. It's like we're on borrowed time always. At some point, there's gonna be an adaptation that happens. I mean, it's continually happening, but we're gonna reach a point where we hit that plateau. So I can keep cutting calories more and more and more until I'm starving and miserable, or I can phase things in the name of recomp. And I know that, okay, when I get to this certain point of leanness and my calories are are low, but they're not devastatingly low, well, now I want to rebuild my metabolism and put on some muscle. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to slowly build up and get to a point where I commit to a certain length of time of muscle building. And now I've improved my metabolism. I've restored homeostasis and I've set myself up hormonally to then lose fat again more efficiently. And then I can go back into a fat loss phase. So we're always thinking about like the next phase after that adaptation happens. Now you don't have to do that. That is just, we're talking about recomp here. You can absolutely go through a fat loss cycle, lose fat, Re, you know, reverse diet, build calories back up to maintenance, um, or a very, very, very slight deficit and kind of hang out there and restore homeostasis, let your biofeedback improve, and then cut again and try to lose more body fat. So, somebody who has more fat to lose, if you're trying to lose 100 pounds, 200 pounds, then you would just kind of rinse and repeat that cycle. You would cut, you would restore maintenance, cut again, restore maintenance, cut again and so on and so forth. Now, the one question that always comes up is, what do I do first? Um, The answer is, if you are not lean yet, you should always be working on fat loss first. And nobody wants to talk about that because, you know, maybe it's taboo to say it. But the reality is, from a hormonal standpoint, from a metabolic standpoint, it makes more sense to focus on losing fat first and I'll tell you why. So if we think about the fact that to build muscle, it helps to have insulin sensitivity. We wanna be as insulin sensitive as possible. Insulin resistance is not a good thing when it comes to building muscle or losing fat for that matter, but losing fat improves insulin sensitivity. So if I know that I wanna build muscle, but I'm not quite that lean, losing fat first will improve insulin sensitivity, which will help the muscle building process. And then if we also think about our anabolic hormones, if we think about testosterone, and this work, and this is for both men and women, um, yes, women, you have testosterone, body fat increases an enzyme called aromatase, which converts testosterone into estrogen, which can lead to estrogen dominance, which can make it easier to store belly fat. So if you are already, if you already have a decent amount of body fat it's going to be more difficult to gain muscle to build muscle because you're converting more testosterone into estrogen. As you lose body fat, you decrease that enzyme and you're able to use more of the testosterone that you produce to build muscle. So, Hormonally, metabolically, from a periodization standpoint, it makes more sense to lose fat first. Put yourself in a position where you're more insulin sensitive and you're more likely to use your anabolic hormones towards building muscle. So and and then the follow up question is, well, how lean is lean enough? And that's where it highly depends on the individual Um Getting to a level of leanness where you're where you're pretty comfortable, like you feel like you look pretty good, but then you're like, you know what? I think that I my body would look a little bit better if I had some more muscle. Okay, that's perfect. That's the point where, and and again, also at a point where calories aren't like super low, because we don't want to um be miserable and then having to like rip the band-aid off and build calories up really high and being in a place where you can't control yourself. Because if you're super restrictive and then you try to jump into a muscle building phase, you'll likely overeat, you'll likely binge, you'll likely overeat, and that's just human nature. Uh, When we've deprived ourselves, our bodies just want us to survive. So it's like, give me energy as fast as possible. Um, I experienced this very recently. I went through a cut for a photo shoot and coming out of that, there was no amount of food that could satiate me. So I didn't try to like, oh, I'm going to build more muscle now. I was like, I just need to ride this out and establish maintenance. And that's what I've been doing since. And that ended in like end of July. So, you know, for the last, so like August, September, October, three months, I've been just trying to work towards maintenance and managing things without like, okay, I'm actively building muscle. That is going to be my next step. Once I allow things to kind of settle in, which we're pretty close right now then I'm gonna go through a strategic muscle building phase, but not as long as I, like when I went through that year of building, um, I really had some ambitious goals and I wanted to, to go through it because I had been, I'd been so afraid before. I had that mental block. I could never get my calories up. This time it's gonna be a, a shorter duration and then I'll be able to cut probably right before the summer. Vanity purposes, right? This is how to look better naked. So in a time where I will have less clothes on, I'm going to phase things with my life to look my best when I'm wearing the least. It just makes sense logically that we periodize things. Again, working with the adaptation mechanisms that we have in place. If you work with your body, it is so much more effective than trying to fight against it. Um, But yet we we keep trying to like bang our heads against the wall because we have this, this goal that we're working towards. But. We can't get it right. It's always like, well, I want to recomp, but I'm never gonna get my calories up to actually build muscle. And I'm always gonna be restricting and, and trying to eat super low calories. You're you're trying, you're playing this internal tug of war, and it's not gonna land you in a good spot. It's very frustrating. That's where the plateaus come into play, and it feels like you're you're spinning your wheels and not getting anywhere, which is like the worst feeling. Um, so how do we effectively do this? So let's just say that you're not a newbie. Um, Let's just say that you do have body recomp goals, you want to look better naked, which means that you do have a goal of building some muscle and losing some body fat. Um, And you're not already super lean. So we're going to first go through a fat loss cycle, which just means that we need to keep it as sustainable as possible. Um, But make no mistake about it, Fat loss cycles suck. Uh, So be prepared for a little bit of suck. We want to make it as enjoyable as we possibly can. So, anyway, and and this is where like the personalization is so important because everybody's different. Uh, So, what makes it enjoyable for me personally uh, is to keep the weekends a little bit more flexible. I can be dialed in during the week. I like to have my flexibility on the weekend. So that makes fat loss more enjoyable for me. So for other people, it's different. You know, it it really depends on the individual, but there is going to be a level of suck during a fat loss phase, but we want to keep it as sustainable as possible, as enjoyable as possible, Uh, you know, hitting our calorie deficit, making sure that we're eating enough protein, that we're eating enough micronutrients to support hormone health and and all of that. So making sure that we're getting in enough veggies, getting in enough fruit, getting in our water, that sort of thing. Um, so not really, you know, like not having any gaps in in our game throughout the fat loss process. And it does help to increase low intensity activity. So just walk a little bit more. That's it. Like, you know, whatever you're doing now, increase it a little bit during your fat loss phase. And keep in mind that it is a phase. It's not a way of life. Fat loss is not a way of life. It's a phase. And you should be not dieting way more than you're dieting. Um, Now, that ratio depends on the person and how much you have to lose and that sort of thing. But ultimately, you should get to an end game where not dieting is the norm and dieting is a rarity. So I will pick and choose at this point in my, my life when I think about my whole year, I'll pick and choose like two pockets of time that I'm doing an active fat loss cycle and the rest is not dieting. It's either maintenance. Or muscle building. Um, sometimes I'm tracking. Sometimes I'm not. That's where it becomes, you know, more of a, a lifestyle, as cliche as it is to say. So, we go through a sustainable fat loss phase. The duration depends on the individual. So, don't let anybody box you in to a time frame. Don't let anybody say you have to cut for X amount of weeks. It depends on how your body's responding. So as we see positive response, your body's changing for the better. Great. We can continue to ride it out. And then we want to look at biofeedback. So are you really hungry? Do you have energy? Are you sleeping well? How's your sex drive? How's your mood? How's your recovery, your performance? We, we keep tabs on biofeedback. And then we know if your body is screaming at you or not. If it's not, cool, we can keep going. If it is, we want to listen and that's where we can implement strategies like refeeds and diet breaks and maintenance weeks and that sort of thing. But once we reach the point where calories are like getting kind of low, it's like, you know what? I can do this, but any lower, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to be a happy camper. Well, now we want to look at the next phase, which would be, let's go to that building process. Let's get calories up and start building some muscle again when you get to that point where you're lean enough, which is individual dependent. So lean enough can look different depending on what your goals are. Um, and, and again, like your goals are your goals. So even if you want to try to build muscle and you're not as lean as you would like, that's totally fine. Uh, I'm, I'm more talking about it from like understanding the concept and the principles. And then the objective is to be able to apply it to yourself. So you get to a place where you're like, okay, Calories are low, but not too low. Um, you know, I'm starting to see some biofeedback You know, trending in the wrong direction. And now I'm gonna go through my process of reversing and then I'm gonna actively build some muscle. This is where we really have to take this phase as seriously as we did the fat loss phase because we don't wanna fall into this mindset of, oh, I'm, I'm gaining, I'm, I'm trying to build muscle so I can just eat whatever. We still have to prioritize food quality. We still have to look at getting in enough protein, but we do have some more flexibility From a a calorie standpoint. Um, And that's the nice part about it is we can get to maintenance and then take a very small surplus to start. So when we think about the scale, the scale should go up a few pounds. Anything more than that, that's kind of a red flag. So as you are adding food, you're adding more water because the more carbs that you eat, the more water you hold and just more food volume in your system. So you're gonna increase water weight, first of all, and you're gonna increase food volume in your system because you're eating more calories. So there's a cushion in there of you know, re, you know know weight going up somewhere in like the three to five, two to five pound range as you get back up to maintenance. There's nothing wrong with that. Once we start to get into that like seven, eight pound, that to me is a red flag that we may not have done things um as properly as we maybe could have which is not a big deal it'll all even out but just to kind of keep a frame of reference uh as we build keep in mind that that weight gain that sometimes scares you that causes you to just rip the calories back down um that's supposed to happen you know it's it's that's why pictures can be really helpful because you'll see that you're not just adding body fat left and right. Uh, that water weight has to be added back as you're adding food back. Um, so it's try to think of it more logically versus emotionally. And then we want to take once we get to maintenance where weight has been really stable, regardless of so, like increasing calories, weight is really stable. Then we can say, okay, we're, we're right about where our maintenance should be. Um, I like to spend two to three weeks. If I'm, if I'm going to build, I like to spend a couple weeks, maybe two to three weeks at maintenance just to make sure that there's not any like crazy fluctuations. Like my body's had enough time at this calorie level. So I can feel pretty confident that this is about where my maintenance is. And, and maintenance is a moving target. So it helps to go through this process. You know, um, you know, every time that you're trying to do this, it may, look a, it may look slightly different than the time before. Uh, I've had periods of my life where like 4,000 calories was maintenance. Right now it's more like 3,000, 3,200, somewhere in that range. Um, I'm not as active as I used to be. I'm not as young as I used to be. There's a lot of different variables here. So it, maintenance is a moving target. Um, and I know I probably sound like a broken record, but this is again why it's so helpful to have a coach because An objective set of eyes to keep you accountable and to see those trends, it's invaluable. Like, we're so subjective with ourselves. And I know for me personally, my tendency is that I will just cut calories. So I know that about myself. So I just offload it. I don't even have to think about it. I have somebody who knows what they're doing, who's going to look at my pictures objectively and say, Hey, you gained fat, or Hey, you're on the right track. This is where we need to go from here. It's so much easier. But anyway, we build. To maintenance we hang out there for a little bit and then we take a very small surplus um because like i said in the beginning just by increasing the surplus we're not increasing the rate of muscle gain and that's why my opinion is that muscle gain can be even more difficult than fat loss because it is literally like watching paint dry it's slow and when i talk about slow i'm talking about slow like <laughs> you really have to buy in it is slow so you get into that small surplus and you really want to see the scale stay pretty stable in the beginning. And we want to see like very, very small trends up, which is maybe like a pound a month. Um, That's kind of what we're looking at when it comes to, am I building muscle? Am I doing this in a way that I'm not gaining unwanted body fat? Remember when we go through that building phase, we want muscle and as little body fat gain as possible. It's going to happen. Um, you're going to gain some body fat, but the reality is it doesn't have to be that much. And sometimes people oversell it. And it's like, you just have to gain the fat and then you'll lose it. By that, you know, what happens in those scenarios, like you can gain 10 pounds of fat and three pounds of muscle. And then guess what happens when you cut? You lose 10 pounds of fat and three pounds of muscle. And now you're exactly back to where you were. So it's so much better to build muscle and limit the amount of body fat that you gain through that process. So it gives you more flexibility. You have more calories to work with. Um, You don't have to be as strict as diligent. You can cut back on, on some of the things that maybe you were doing as far as like, you don't have to be as intentional about how many steps you're getting. Although I like to eat. So I keep my steps high during my building phase anyway, just because I would prefer like to eat a little bit more. So like instead of 3000, if I get 3200, and all I have to do is walk a little bit more, I'll take that exchange all day. Um, But for the most part, you know, there's a lot more flexibility when it comes to maintenance and or muscle building. So what I think of like, maintenance is maintenance, like you're, you're totally stable. Um, A surplus, say like, 200-calorie surplus, we should be seeing a very slow trend up on the scale, like one pound per month. Um, And that would be a good rate of gain. And then checking pictures to make sure that it's happening the way that we want it to. Um, Now, you can hang out at maintenance and achieve recomp. So there are certain people, like, again, this is where I'm saying, if you're advanced, And you want to recomp simultaneously. The only way to do that is to stay right at or slightly under maintenance and do like everything right. And it's boring. You have to be wildly consistent. You have to really be dialed in. Um, I don't recommend it, but I want to lay it out there that it can happen. So you can hang out there, but you you really you have to be on point with your protein intake, your protein timing. You have to be on point with your recovery, with your sleep, with your pre and post workout. Um, it helps to add supplements at that point when you're like looking for that one percent difference. All these things make a difference when you're really trying as an advanced person to have recomp happen simultaneously. If you're new, like we said, newbie gains, you're gonna get that. Um, you don't have to be, you're, you just, you're new to lifting weights. You're going to build muscle and lose fat simultaneously. You've got a beautiful window of time to take advantage of that. Um, if you're advanced, it's much more difficult. So uh, that is the process. And then we phase things seasonally based off of what you want to accomplish. So, you know, once you get to that, go through those phases, then you can think about at what period in my life do I want more flexibility and more calories? And then at what period in my life, am I okay with being a little bit more diligent and sacrificing some things? So like I said, for me, before summer is a great time to, to cut. However, right now, going into holidays and winter, I'm going to be wearing more hoodies. Like I don't need to be shredded. I can have more calories to work with. I can have more freedom and flexibility. There's going to be a little more holiday meals, this, that, and the other. I like that freedom. Um, But we always want to keep in mind, like we talked about the misapplication, which is like, oh, well, I'm gaining or I'm building so I can just eat whatever I want. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. Um, So hopefully that paints the picture of exactly how to accomplish body recomp, AKA how to look better naked. Um, so I'm going to run through the Facebook thread and hopefully this will be helpful for you guys on the podcast as well so that I can make sure that questions are answered. Um, just going to see, there may not be any questions, admittedly vain as fuck. I love that. (laughs) Um, Let me know guys on the Facebook group, if this was helpful, if this helps to break it down and understand like where we may have been, where in the past you may have misapplied this or done a program that misapplied this, um, if it gives you some clarity. So, okay, here's a question. How do I suggest measuring body fat? Um, you don't have to. You know, like I said, pictures are a great way to look at body fat and, uh, you know, any experienced coach will be able to give you an estimate. The percentage isn't the important part. Um, I use in-body scans. uh, People use DEXA, BODPOD. The actual way to measure it isn't important. If you're going to use that tool, Just use the same one consistently in the same testing circumstance. So if you do use an in-body, use the same in-body and make sure that you're doing like the same type of protocol. So like if it's first thing in the morning, do it first thing in the morning. If you're, you know, fasted, I recommend fasted, do it fasted, that sort of thing. So keep all as many variables constant as you can. The number itself isn't important, just the trend. And the testing method is important. So, um, but you don't have to measure body fat. That's you can always just look at at pictures. Um, when you're trying to lose a large amount of weight, this all works differently, correct? So I covered this part, which is if you do have a significant amount to lose, what I recommend is just cycling through fat loss reverse build, restore maintenance, and then cut again. So you wouldn't spend as much time at maintenance. You wouldn't have to spend as much time building, that sort of thing. You would basically just rinse through um, fat loss cycles. So you would go through a fat loss phase as long as your body's responding, as long as biofeedback is solid. Once we get to that point where calories are pretty low, but not miserably low, and biofeedback starts to turn for the worst, then you know we can implement like refeeds, diet break, or a full reverse, restore homeostasis, cut again, and rinse and repeat that process. Yes, newbie gains for sure. Are you still considered a newbie if you were fit at one point in your life but now aren't? So that's interesting, Um, Carly. That's a great question. Newbie gains can actually come back if you've taken a long time off. So If you were like really into lifting and then let's say you got injured or something happened and you didn't lift for a while and you lost a lot of your muscle, um, you will almost have like that that newbie Gain um, process almost repeat itself when you get back into it. It is actually much easier to regain muscle than it is to gain it in the first place. So a lot of times we worry about, oh my god, I lost my gains. You can get strength back and you can get muscle back much easier than you can build it in the first place. So you you did the work, you got to a certain point, and then let's say you just for whatever reason you lost it and you're ready to get back into it, yes, you will kind of have that. And and you can almost recreate, um, not as significant, but a lot of times you can almost recreate the newbie gain process by changing the stimulus. So by By changing the way that you work out and entering um, or introducing a new stimulus that your body's not accustomed to, you will see significant adaptations for a positive. So that would be like if I was always doing like slow, eccentric bodybuilding type work and then all of a sudden I started doing CrossFit, um, my body's not used to that stimulus. I will almost have the newbie gain effect, but it won't be as intense as like the first time you ever lift weights um, I'm not new to lifting, but I am new to eating enough. So that will help. You'll be able to go through a muscle building phase. If you've always been like, you kind of missed out, like if you've been lifting, you kind of missed out on that, you know, and, and I did too. So don't feel bad. Cause I was under eating like crazy during my newbie gain period. Um, but then once I actually went through the first time of actually eating enough, I still had a significant amount of muscle to build. Um, you won't see as much of a a dramatic change, but going through eating enough for the first time, you will absolutely, because again, that's a a new stimulus. Your body's not used to it. Um, It will create a positive adaptation for you. So I'm excited for that process for you. Um, How often do you do picks? Uh, Typically when I'm like really going through my cut and and I'm, I'm paying a lot of attention, I do it weekly. You don't have to do that when you're just like, for just maintenance sake, once a month is totally fine. Um, maybe every other week if you like to keep tabs on things a little bit more. Uh, then, when you're really looking for like kind of minor changes and you really want to stay on top of things weekly, uh, if you don't mind, weekly. So, that's kind of like when I'm getting into it and I'm like, all right, let's do this dieting phase. I want to get lean. I'm going to take pics weekly. And then when I'm like, all right, I need to know for sure if I'm building muscle, um, I'm a little bit hesitant about this calorie surplus I'm about to enter into, uh, then I'll take PICS weekly as well. Um, Tips for adding weightlifting during weight loss to prevent excessive loose skin. Um, Yeah, so any type of resistance training is going to help with that because obviously the more muscle you have, um, it's going to help with loose skin. But uh, some of that is you can 't do anything about without surgery, unfortunately, depending on how much you have to lose. Um, I can tell you that at my heaviest, I was two hundred and fifty pounds um, at my lightest, I was like one sixty i think one fifty seven one sixty somewhere in that range, so eighty to ninety pounds um I have a lot of loose skin, and i 've been able to build muscle, which has helped tighten it up, but some of it is just there, and it just reminds me of what i 've been through, and you know if it gets to the point, I have a good friend who is getting um, her loose skin removed. It's just a personal choice at that point. Uh, But it's not something that I would personally go through. Um, You know, she, she, feels very strongly in that decision. I feel like that's, you know, totally a personal decision to make. There are certain parts of, of loose skin that you just can't do anything about. And, and a lot of it has to do with like the, the health of the skin and genetics and, and some different variables there. So um, good question. But yes, adding resistance training, uh, lifting weights as you're going through weight loss, you want to lift weights at least twice a week, um, three times a week to make sure that the weight that you're losing is body fat and not muscle mass. So that's why we want to keep that in play. Um, All right, cool. So I don't see any questions, guys. Please comment and let me know if this was helpful. Obviously, if you're on the podcast, you can't comment, but you can leave me a review and you can tag me on Instagram and post this to your stories and tell me what a phenomenal episode it was if you really feel that way. I only want honest feedback. So if you're on the Facebook group, please comment in the chat. Let me know if this was helpful. And if you're on the podcast, post this to your stories. Let me know if you enjoyed the episode. And I'm going to sign off of the podcast real quick and stay on the Facebook. So I appreciate you guys for listening and I will talk to you soon.